truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Welcome to the Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me alongside Aaron McIntyre. Thanks for tuning into the Steve Dace Show. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you are choosing to listen to us today via podcast, if that's on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, whatever is your iTunes platform of choice. If you have time today to leave us one of those five-star reviews, we would greatly appreciate that because that helps us uh, attract more people just like you. Aaron's montage to get us updated on what's happened while we were away is coming up here in a moment. Also, one of our clever listeners has put forth a suggested list of alternative sites and locales. For President Trump's State of the Union address, now that Speaker Pelosi has canceled it for security reasons. All right, we'll get into that. Also, a truth bomb, and this time it's a good one. It's somebody doing what I've been urging them privately and publicly to do for months now. Uh, And we'll have some Theology Thursday. A lot coming up here today on the show. Speaking of Theology Thursday, one of the cool things about this job is we get a chance to partner with some really cool causes. And obviously, you know a lot about our commitment and love of theology here on the show. And that's mirrored by one of our new partners, Back to Jerusalem. They're an organization that works with persecuted Christians in closed countries. They're based in communist China and believe that the one thing, even more than a vibrant economy and enlightened education system, the one thing that is guaranteed to lift up an entire culture is the hope found only in the Word of God. Unfortunately, a lot of closed nations don't want their people to have the Bible. And that's why Back to Jerusalem has invented, I guess for lack of a better description, I guess like a pill-sized Bible. Now, it's the they didn't invent the Bible. Right? It's the size, okay? Everything in there that God meant for there to be, from Genesis to Revelation, is all found. But for the price of just a couple of fast food meals, we can get those Bibles, given their small size, we can get them into countries, both for the general population, but also to lift up the hopes and encourage persecuted Christians in those nations. It's $15. That's all it costs to get the word of God into places like China, North Korea, Iran, and Somalia, and back to Jerusalem. They want to reach every closed nation with the gospel between China and Jerusalem. If you want to help them, here's how. Uh, Blazehelp.org is the website, blazehelp.org, or just give them a call, 844-305-0566. That's 844-305-0566. And now, here's Aaron. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Desperation. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has effectively canceled the president's State of the Union address as we've typically known it. She's refusing to invite President Trump to address a sitting Congress. She's asking the president to instead submit the address in writing. Federal agents foiled a would-be terrorist plot to attack the White House yesterday. Authorities in Atlanta arrested 21-year-old Hashar Jalal Tahib after he tried to trade in his car for explosives. 
Michigan State Interim President John Engler yesterday announced his resignation after comments to the Detroit News caused a massive justified firestorm. In those comments, he confirmed the university was canceling a healing fund that had started for the 332 victims of the former head doctor of USA Gymnastics, Larry Nasser. He also told the paper, quote, you've got people, they're hanging on, and this has been... Well, there's a lot of people who are touched by this, survivors who haven't been in the spotlight. In some ways, they have been able to deal with this better than the ones who've been in the spotlight who are still enjoying that moment. At times, you know, the awards and recognition, and it's ending, it's almost done. Engler is now the second president of Michigan State University to have resigned in the past year. Speaking of shady characters at universities, the chief information officer at Liberty University, that's John Gauger, is cited heavily in a Wall Street Journal article published this morning accusing ex-Trump lawyer Michael Cohen of paying the aforementioned Gauger to rig online polls in favor of Trump. Cohen tweeted out this morning confirming the story. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson is being accused by a former staffer of firing said staffer after she took action to sue an employee of the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation. According to court filings, the staffer, identified only as Jane Doe, alleges that Damian Jones, a former intern coordinator for the foundation, raped her in October 2015 when she was a 19-year-old intern for the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation. Ryan Roberts is a pro-life activist. He was protesting outside of an abortion facility in Fort Worth, Texas recently when this happened. Jesus loves you, sir. Jesus loves you, sir. Here. A girl just cried earlier. She walked out and kept her baby. She loved me. She prayed with me. Her name's... You're on video. What's up, bro? What's up? Get your motherfucking ass out here. All right, it's time to get weird. PETA, people for the eating of tasty animals, ha 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 released a new commercial the other day as a companion piece to the Gillette commercial that went viral earlier this week. And yes, I'm censoring this. If you're just listening, well, be thankful you're just listening. Speaking of Gillette, yes, this Gillette... The director of the aforementioned viral commercial from earlier this week is Kim Gehrig. Gehrig's previous work included demonizing Australian men for their rising use of steroids and painting all women as victims in an ad for a lingerie company. The Newtown Fire Station around Sydney, Australia, posted this on their sign outside their station recently saying, House fires are toxic. Our masculinity isn't. So, of course, they apologized, saying on Facebook, quote, Every man needs to be in touch with their feminine side. Remember that dude who cursed out a GameStop employee for calling him Sir? He's back. What's really sad is it's bringing so many bigots out of woodwork. But more, a local MC and rapper isn't letting the memes get to her. She's using her newfound viral fame to raise awareness about the transgender community, and she even wrote a song to get her message out there. We're humans just like you. We're people just like you. Um, we have kids. We have parents. We have brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins. 
Um, we're just trying to live. As for how Moore handled the situation inside the store with that expletive-filled outburst? And yeah, I could, I could have reacted a whole lot better. But you know what? I, I look back at it. If I could, I wouldn't change a single thing. I would do it 100,000 times again. I would kick over that display 100,000 times again because my actions were justified. And finally, Steve chastised me yesterday for not including this in my montages this week, and rightfully so. In the annals of greatest cell phones, there's Jim Acosta unwittingly making the point last week that walls work. After that happened, Laura Loomer said, hold my beer. That's Loomer jumping over a wall onto Nancy Pelosi's property to protest Pelosi's opposition to walls. Oh, and one more thing. No. Stop it. And that's what happened while we were away in two minutes or less. Holy buckets. That, that is a, that's a hefty news cycle. Uh, right there. Uh, the Pelosi uh, State of the Union cancellation scam. Uh, that was our roundtable topic yesterday. If you are one of our Blaze subscribers, you can go and watch us break that down uh, exclusively at the Blaze. So we'll we'll skip over that. Uh, the uh, terror plot that was foiled. Um, I don't know. Islamic sounding name. Authorities said that he wanted uh, to visit Islamic State uh, after he finished this uh uh, I, I, mission. I, I feel like we're heading towards a hasty place. So yeah, I agree. I I, I think you know. Down. I agree, and I was just going to urge caution. You and your spitball and yeah, Steve. I would I would urge caution here. Uh, you know, I mean, motives are murky, and I, let's not uh, let's not jump to any conclusions. Michael Cohen, yes. Yeah, I, you may have noticed these last few months. I, I've. I've been I've been down a spring in my step, and it's not just because I'm 45 years old now. <laughs> but I've been down a little bit. Uh, it's not just that whole midlife crisis thing I went through. You know, that's not that. Uh, that's part of it, actually, and it is partly because I'm 45 years old. But it, there's something else. And and you know, Todd and Aaron, you know what it is. You know, because we keep it real here, privately at least. It's no BS all and, the time. But now it's no BS publicly, so I got to come clean, guys. I have. Uh, not really since the whole uh, truth of Santa Claus and what was going on in mom and dad's room when the door was closed was was foisted upon me. Have I have I been as um, decimated by disheartening news as I was when uh, my buddy Sam Nunberg, uh, Donald Trump's uh, former political director, called me one day and said, hey, I got to confess to you that uh, – that Chris Christie making Trump's McNugget uh, Midnight McNugget Run story that you love so much, and you need to be true. It's, it's not. I, I basically just made it up to crush Christie in the media because I can't stand that guy. I think maybe when I told you for how many moons, Todd, that I needed that to be true. I, I don't know that you understood that the word "needed" meant needed. Not I, 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 for a good laugh. I just... You cut me deep, Shrek. I, I needed that badly. I needed it. And, you know, for the last few months, I've had this uh, sort of Damocles, you know, just hanging over my head. You may have noticed a Paul. Today, though, look at this shirt. Bringing it. It's a Steve. That's right. 
I'm in love and I don't even care who knows it. I'm, I am today, I'm back, I'm back. And you know why I'm back? Because Aaron buried the lead in that Michael Cohen story. Fixing polls, lying for Trump. See him, who cares? Who cares? That's not the real story here. Dadgummit, the real story is Michael Cohen was using a dude from Liberty University to create burner Twitter accounts that talked about the fact he is sexy. He is a hunk of hunk of burning love. He's a dude. Now that, Michael Cohen wasting Trump's money on the side. Because you know Trump was, if you've known Donald Trump for five minutes, you know this did not happen. And hey, Michael, fix that drudge poll. Uh, make sure we come out ahead. Uh, and uh, and uh, tell Hannity what we need to have sent on Fox tonight. And oh, by the way, go ahead and get yourself something nice and create a burner Twitter account saying that uh, you're even hotter than me. You know that didn't happen. You know it didn't. You know that Cohen did that black op totally on his own. That was off the books, man. Off the books. I won't All have right? you sully the term black op by calling that this. <laughs> All right. I will not stand for that. I'm back. I busted out the multicolor, technicolor, Joseph colored coat. I'm ready. I am so fired up today. I don't need Chris Christie anymore. You're dreaming dreams right now? I am. I don't need those Midnight McNugget runs anymore. I now have a new meta theme. I now have a new, a new, a new, a new story. And that is Michael Cohen creating burner accounts to promote how hot he is. Yes. Is that America you, Hope? America is great again, Todd. Is that you, Hope? It's been yes. so long. They're reaching, touching. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's... Cigarette break. I am. I'm good. Unfortunately, we need to talk another uh, 16 minutes according to the show clock, so I will continue. Um, you know what? Uh, thank you. I just needed to, I needed to bask in that for just another minute. Yes, I just needed that for like another minute. Yes. Uh one of our sayings here on the show is bad Republicans lead to worse Democrats, right? Yes. What, what happened in, in my old home state of Michigan with the former governor there, John Engler, uh, as the uh, interim school president, who uh, put it this way, those, the, that, those quotes Aaron had up on the screen from that Detroit News article are not a one-off. He has been, he has been creating PR nightmares and blunders. For months, this has been going on. He has shown no sensitivity whatsoever. Survivors come to regents or uh, administration meetings at Michigan State. He just ignores them. It is, it's almost as if he was hired by the bunker mentality that kept the fiend Larry Nasser under wraps all those years. Almost. And, and, was, and was given the expressed written order of, since your political career is over and you have no future anyway, we kind of just need you to run, go out here and fall on the sword and run interference for us. It's almost as if, as Aaron said, almost, that was why he was hired. And now here's what, you're, here's what, here's what the narrative is in my old home state. And I promise you this is going to have an impact in the next election cycle there too. 
because this is one of the three states that delivered Trump the presidency by a total of 70,000 votes. So there aren't too many people. There aren't, there aren't a lot of voters that you can alienate in those three states. There aren't a lot of people you can lose. There's not too much high ground you can give up if you want to win those three states and win the presidency again. Well, here's the real reason John Engler's gone. It's not those comments. It's the fact that he gave those comments after the new Board of Regents was just sworn in. And a Republican-majority Board of Regents in Michigan has been replaced by a Democrat-majority Board of Regents. And so now who, now who gets to look all high and mighty? Now who gets to look like they are standing up for the victims? The progressives do. The very same progressives that hid Larry Nasser. I mean, Michigan State's former president, Lou Ann Simon, I'm not going to go all uh, liberal on uh, with, with the left's doing to Lindsey Graham right now, but it's, everybody knows why what special interest group she represents. And she was even going to play the, uh, the, the rainbow jihad card on the way out the door, say she was discriminating. You fired me because I'm a lesbian. She was, she, her lawyer was even saying that on the way out the door. So, it was the, the, so the very progressives that gave Larry Nassar that job, that run academia at Michigan State and public academia everywhere else, hid and sheltered that fiend for years. And now, and now they're going to be able to claim credit for getting rid of John Engler and his insensitivity because the Republicans who ran that Board of Regents should have kicked his sorry rear to the curb the first time he made stupid comments like that. But they didn't because tribalism, yo. That's why. So when Engler says, I'm only gone because the Democrats controlled the Board of Regents, he's actually correct. Just not for the reasons necessarily that he probably believes. He should have been gone long before that. And this is another example of you, it is pragmatic to actually defend your standards. It's not purist. It's pragmatic to defend and uphold your own standards. Because when you don't, you give way to the people who have worse or no standards at all. And that's what's going on right now in the state of Michigan. And this will have, and now you have a Democratic governor there because the previous Republican governor apparently didn't know how to you know, deliver water to Flint, Michigan. So now we have a Democratic governor there. And oh, by the way, the new Democratic governor, do you, do you know what her first initiative was? Immediately after being sworn in, her first initiative was to stop enforcing conscience laws that allowed Christians to say, I don't want to have to sell abortifacients or things of that nature. Again, these things have reverberations across the board. We are not living in our own private Idahos, these things, when we throw that pebble on the pond, there are ripples as it skips. And the fact that Engler stayed there as long as he did, when he made it very clear in about 10 days after taking the job, he is not equipped to do this unless his job was to do what he did. Unless his job was to defend the bunker mentality at Michigan State University that allowed fiends like Nasser to last as long as they did, unless that was his job, and it may have been, who we don't know, but unless that was his job, he wasn't equipped for the job the public thought he was going to do. And now, and now the very same progressives who put all the old administration in place, Todd, 
that get that let Larry Nasser stay there all those years, who hired probably hired Luann Simon so they could say, yeah, we checked that intersectionality box without knowing whether or not she has any clue on how to run a public university or not. They now get all the moral high ground because the Republicans that ran that board of regents before when Engler was saying all these same stupid things said nothing because we got to protect the tribe, don't you know? Yeah, so so just to be clear, standard issue GOP cowardice and hackery. That's yes. what we're dealing with. Standard yes. issue. Yeah, and this is another lesson. What what causes a man like this to do this? Uh, the soup that you swim in. If listen, it, Engler inside protecting the machine. Uh, listen, if you have an R on your name, you you can't cooperate ever enough with a progressive system to ultimately appease nope. them. Nope. So nope. this is no doubt on some level. This is also, he's been ultimately bought and paid for by that system. It's also like we talk about what happens if you're a conservative and you get in the uh, legal profession and, and sooner or later you uh, believe in uh, objectivism. You know, you just, you become part of that system. And if you do and you become an R in the name, you you can never appease them enough. You will be on the out sooner or later. What you saw in Aaron's montage with that pro-life activist, that's the second such video we've seen in the last few months. There will be more, many more, because because Western civilization's light uh, is flickering and it's almost going to, it's almost totally snuffed out. It used to be, and if I can interject, it used to be, it seemed like, regardless of what you think of those types of tactics of the pro-life, or just putting that aside, it used to be if somebody was kind of ticked off at a, at a, you know, a preacher like that or somebody who's out there demonstrating that as a crazy person, no, that is gone now. We must attack that person. We must accost that person. And it's maybe not every single time, but it used to be that that was standard issue. At least I thought it was where, okay, there's a crazy person. We'll just ignore them. no. I have to show you. I have to confront you. That's what we're seeing now. It's just another illustration of exactly what you're saying. It's not a coincidence that this video coincides with a CNN White House reporter saying, she can't believe the the vice president's wife went to work for a Christian university. Evil evil doesn't want to share space with the light any more than the light wants to share space with the dark. It's just the dark will lie to you. Evil will lie to you until it gets its advantage. It will claim that we can live side by side. It will claim that we can yep. all carve out our safe spaces, and that's a lie. And, and it does it until it has the advantage on you. And then when it thinks it has the advantage on you, you will learn that you will be made to care. And you will see many more scenes like what you see in that video. In fact, that video is not even the only time we've had such scenes on our montage. There will be more. There will be more. And this is why we have talked openly about the fact we are concerned about this devolving into civil war. And I don't mean that rhetorically. Sooner or later, what's happening is leftists like the the White House reporter at CNN, or with this Jill Filipovich, uh, who was who's this big lefty blue check mark on Twitter saying the Knights of Columbus are a uh, are a, yeah, essentially a domestic terrorist organization. What's happening is these leftists are are urging uprising against the folks who have most of the guns. Sooner or later. They're going to do this to somebody who has a gun on them. And they're not just going to sit there and say, sure, man, come at me, bro. We, this is human history. Except the, this is the only time in human history that, that, that evil didn't disarm the light before it called for insurgency against it. It keeps trying, but we're not going gently on the Second Amendment front. So 
if, if you keep urging people to be confrontational to those who own most of the weapons, sooner or later, that fact is going to come to light. We would prefer that not be the case. But we're also not the side urging people to go out into the streets and treat those that they disagree with like that either. We're also not urging people on our side, at least. And when, we, when people on our side claim it, we are usually among the first people to put them down. We aren't urging that just because someone disagrees with you means they are a second class citizen, that everybody who disagrees with me is a racist, a bigot, uh, et cetera. That's the other side. You can only inject that venom into a cultural bloodstream long enough before it will manifest itself in the body. So there will be blood and there will be more. Seems like what's in there. Finally, I need to come correct on something. You guys were right, and I was wrong. That's why I wanted. Aaron, I made sure Aaron saw that story about who directed Gillette's ad on masculinity and shared that with him. It's also why when we debated it on the show two days ago, I didn't say anything publicly because I noticed also pretty much everybody whose opinions I respect all disagreed with me. Now, that's not enough for me to instantly just say I'm wrong. You guys know that. <laughs> but it is enough for me to say... I might be. So let me wait this one out and see if new information comes to light. So what happened is we played this Gillette ad and Aaron and I did not know there was a second half of the ad because all we had seen was the first half. We played the second half of the ad in real time on the show and Aaron, but, but me far more so, kind of had a second reaction after seeing the second half of the ad than what most of conservative America had to the first half of the ad that's making the rounds. Is that a fair assessment? And we kind of dis- discussed it and debated, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they aren't – because the, the second half of the ad is the solution that Gillette offers is men taking the initiative to, to confront and, and protect and defend in situations when men have let – the culture down in the first half mm-hmm. of the ad, right? And and then, but you guys really pushed back on me and said, I don't think they're be, they're starting from the premise you believe, right? We had, that was the conversation we had. Correct. Well, it's been, conf- you guys are right. I mean, we look at who Gillette went out and hired to be the director of this ad. None of that's coincidental information. And so now we're kind of left with, um, similar to what we said about a year ago at this time about the Black Panther movie. Um, first of all, the movie is okay. It's not, it's even, a good movie. It's a good movie. It's not even one of the best Marvel movies in no. my opinion, but it was being heavily lauded because it was woke, uh, except was it, it was woke because of the, 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 the identity politics of the people who made it. But if you look at the plot line of the movie. It couldn't have been any more of a rebuke of the, of, of, of their own identity politics. They never let their walls down. They and they don't they, they and and T'Challa never agrees with his would be wife that they should just let floods of refugees from third world countries. Instead, at the end of the movie, he's like, "We will share our technology with you where you are. You you make where you are great again. We're gonna we're gonna continue being who we are." Right? That, that's that's what happens in the movie. Right? That's how the movie ends. Yeah. Um. So I I sense that this is unintentional irony with the Gillette ad as well, because it's pretty clear, given who they hired and what her background is, they intended to convey the message, the wokey message that you guys sniffed out. It's obvious they intended that. The problem is the second half of that ad is a repudiation of the very message 
that they claim that they're clearly yeah. intended to articulate. They, yeah. They're it contradicting the, their own wokeness. The, the first ad, the, the the first half of the ad was you're a man, you suck, and you can't change. Yep. The second half of the man, the ad was now change. Yeah. The second half of the ad is because you're a man, protect and defend. Do the stuff egalitarian feminism says is passe and yeah, stop heteronormative. Hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop. It's akin yes. to that. So the, so the, the uh, so. Uh, to me, this is an example of uh, the progressives tripping over their own phallus here. Now, I mean, it, clearly they intended to make some kind of statement, and then they contradicted it with their own statement. And maybe they're so far gone, Todd, they just don't even realize that. I, I don't know. Well, and when you see what it inspires out of the likes of PETA, their version of masculinity, those are the people who made the Gillette commercial, the people who think about... Uh, manhood and reality in general like that i mean those those two commercials are kissing cousins it was like the person i can't remember her name but uh she watched the me too or the uh the pita ad yesterday and said i think i just got me too by a vegetable i mean that's you know i'm supposed to do a live read here and since you interjected that i have no idea I am the master of the awkward segue. I have no idea how I segue from what you just said. You're welcome. Yeah, I just, do you know? Well, especially if this is the, uh, the veggie juice one. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't know. We'll take a break. I'll, I got to think of something during the break. I, I, have, I didn't even see that, what you're talking about, and I have no idea how to respond to it. I feel like I just had a bomb dropped in my lap. Well done, Aaron. You bet. Well done. We'll come back. More here live on The Blaze on demand as well. Stay tuned. Well, I know a lot of you have identity theft protection. I do too. And in this day and age, you should definitely have it. And and so what happens when you see stories like what happened recently to the Marriott Corporation where there was a, a data breach through their Starwood Hotel line that compromised the identities of about 500 million people. And you look at that and you think, you know, I'm not too concerned because I've got identity theft protection. I know it works. It's helped me in the past. And that's cool. But here's the thing. Uh, thieves can use that information to go after you in ways identity theft protection can't protect you from. For example, uh, for the majority of you watching right now, the most valuable investment assets you'll have uh, is the equity in your own home. It's the most important investment most Americans will make in their entire lifetimes if they are given the opportunity to own a home. That equity is valuable. And so those thieves, even if they can't, you know, uh, take advantage of your bank account or other ways that identity theft protection protects you from, they can go to your county recorder or accessor site. They can access your home title. And now they've got maybe the last four digits of a social number. They've got your middle initial. You know, the other identifiers you use to digitally uh, verify your footprint, they've got that information now because of a data breach like this and then they get a chance to use your home title to liquidate that equity and they use it uh, instead of you they steal it from you don't let that happen that's why you need home title lock it's just pennies a day to put a virtual barrier around the most important investment you're ever going to make i mean maybe you've got a daughter and you want to give her the wedding of her dreams and you've spent so many years in the same home building up that equity you're like you know what i'm going to cash some of that equity in to give princess uh, a once in a lifetime and 
then you find out the money's gone. Don't let that happen to you. And you can find out right now just how vulnerable your home title is with a free title report and scan from Home Title Lock. It's free for our viewers and listeners here on The Blaze. It's normally $100 for everybody else, free for you at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, so uh, the the saber rattling continues in Washington and uh, over the State of the Union address and the, the government shutdown and uh, Speaker Pelosi citing security concerns. Says that, because uh, it does require the Congress to invite ahead of the Congress, the Speaker of the House, to come and invite the president to speak in person, that she will not be inviting uh, the president to speak this year after he refused to push back his State of the Union until after the shutdown uh, is uh, is alleviated. And so she responded when Trump said no. She responded by canceling the State of the Union address yesterday. And now, of course, this is a complete scam. I mean, if you don't think the president and the, and, and the current state of, of the Secret Service can protect the, the president in, in a room, down literally down the street from the White House, then you probably ought to be clamoring and demanding the president not go anywhere for that matter. He's not safe anywhere for that matter, okay? But just for fun, how about we play along, okay? We, we, we broke down the merits of this meritless claim on our roundtable yesterday. If you're a Blaze subscriber, you can go and watch it now. One of our uh, intrepid listeners, Tim Lowry, I want to give you the credit, Tim, you deserve, sent me this list just before we went on the air today. And it's alternative places and venues for Trump to have the State of the Union instead of there uh, in, in the halls of Congress. You guys ready for this? You know uh, it. Yesterday you said it's really important that this don't turn this doesn't turn into a circus. Are you starting yes. to think that maybe we should? Put what on I meant the- by a circus is not one of his uh, live from New York rallies where he's riffing on Focahontas. Mm-hmm. That, that's not the that's not what we mean. Some of these are sort of like that, but a lot of them aren't. Okay, so you guys verbally because the podcast listeners and the radio listeners can't see, give me the commonest thumb up or thumb down. But you guys verbally give me the Siskel and Ebert. You in, you out? What do you think? All right. Okay. All right, here we go. His first suggestion, suggestion, the Rosa Parks civil rights bus and Trump does the speech while sitting in her seat. Thoughts? Uh, well, Maybe. I like... I like the going there aspect of it, but in terms of its specificity regarding the actual issues currently on the table, I would say no to this one. Okay. Yeah, I would also say probably not. Okay. At the Eternal Flame, that's his second suggestion. Not the Bangle song. Although, you know, there was uh, quite a few, uh, you know, couple skates to that tune back in the day, Todd, as I'm sure you'll remember. Okay. Uh, but at the Eternal Flame in Washington, D.C., isn't that the Kennedy? Kennedy's grave? I think that's Kennedy's grave, yes. actually, right? Yeah. That's his second suggestion. What do you think? I don't get it, so no. Why? Okay. But that, see, I, here's the thing. If we have to explain it, the answer is yeah. no, right? I, isn't there one? Yeah, no, that's the eternal. I think he was referring to the eternal flame as in Moscow. The, oh. The tomb of the unknown soldier in Moscow. Okay, well then the, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> If Trump gave the State of the Union from Russia, there it is. I may stop right now. (laughs) Okay, Tim. And you know what he does? Like the first, he he gives like you know, these State of the Unions are always like they're you know they're 
kitchen, you know, list of to-do list of policies that are never going to happen. The first thing he mentions is, and we're going to do the most punitive penalties on Russia ever since announced since the Cold War. Can you with that? Hi. Yes. I apologize, Tim. I didn't realize you were playing four-dimensional chess. Yes, well that, that might have been. You out us on that yeah. one. Well done, Tim. On the deck, I like this one a lot. On the deck of the USS John McCain. That would make a lot of the right people squirm. Yes, it would. Yeah, it would. Just just for the squirm factor yes. alone. Yes. Yeah. So far. Just just for the viral yes. clips that, that would ensue. Yes. Yes. I'm, I, I, is I'm that a good? Is, yes. Are you yes on that one? So yeah, okay. I could buy. All right, in front of the wall at Nancy Pelosi's house. Buy. Yes. Yes. This is yeah. That's like remember when? Uh, By the way, in that and back to the montage, Laura Loomer, what you doing? Why? Why did who thought again? Who thought this? It was a good idea. Let me build a wall while I scale yours. What? What? What is happening? This well, bait ain't gonna click itself. Yeah, there we this go. This is what happens when the grown-ups forsake their duties for so long, and then, like in the dark night, you, you gave it to somebody you didn't fully understand. You know what and I feel you, like? I feel like this is these are like the replacement players in the '87 yeah. NFL season. Yeah, well, you know that's what, I'm what happens when they when the real they try, and, and 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 the Giants and Parcells are out there playing the 49ers on Monday Night Football, and the 49ers are running the wishbone. Do you remember that? Yes. And Bill Parcells over there laughing. Okay, that's sort of what this feels like when bit players like yeah. this decide. Hey, I, I'll come up with something genius no one else ever thought of. I'll go to Nancy's wall and prove it that maybe walls don't work by scaling it to make my point. I, I just that's I, that's where the JV you brought the JV team to the game. But I understand it. Nature abhors a vacuum. You mean you cannot the grown-ups cannot sit there idly as long as they have and not have this happen. Number five, go to the US Mexican border, go to a section without a fence. And viewers can play a drinking game, drinking each time an illegal crosses the border. (laughs) (laughs) Need a better brand of criminal. I'm going to give it to him. Brought to you by like Smirnoff vodka. (laughs) Yes. Or Trump wine. (laughs) It's coming back, baby. We're pulling this thing out of the the red. I just snorted. That was good. Uh, number six. Look, I like Mom, it. he made wine out of illegal leg- immigration. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> number six, a steel mill, um, and, and they're pouring hot molten steel during his speech, meaning the mill is at work while he is giving the speech. What do you think? No. Mm, no? There might be some uh, think it might t- be an tariff landmines in there, you know? Oh, I hear you. Okay. Number seven, in front of the MLK monument. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's better. And that's a magnificent magnificent monument mm-hmm. uh uh by the way. Uh that has unlike Rosa Parks and the bus that has broader themes you can capital and and they're you're meant to know that. You go there this all of his quotes are meant to take you out of the specificity of whether I'm black or white into our I mean and those, I mean, talking about God, talking about eternal destiny. Uh, yes, absolutely. Aaron in front. Yes. Oh, you want to say yes to MLK? Yeah. Okay. In front of any local Chick-fil-A in Pennsylvania, Michigan, or Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. Uh, the answer is always going to be yes if uh, Chick-fil-A is If involved. Chick-fil-A is yeah. the question, or then the answer is always yes, yes. Uh, number nine, at a community college that Trump bought the naming rights to and changed it to electoral college. <laughs> 
Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's good. I don't... How much of our show... You know, like, when you're you're frustrated by the level of people not getting the obvious joke sometimes on our own... How much time would we have to spend unpacking that one? I don't know that... I'm concerned. Yeah, but unlike the one about the, the the eternal flame thing, I feel like this would be a fun unpacking. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Some I'm unpackings in. are more fun than I'm others. I'm in. There you go. Okay. You got me. Um, Aaron, I'll start with you on this one. Number 10, the bridge at Chappaquiddick. Oh. Um, yes. Yes. A thousand <laughs> times, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. Could you imagine that? Oh, my. Oh my. Okay. Um, you know what, though? We're living in dark times. Ted Kennedy deserves it, in my view. Yeah. This is a guy that, at the end of his public life, he started authoring children's books about a dog, and the dog's name was Splash. That's a true story. I'm not making that up. I've said that before. People are like, oh, that's a great troll. It's not a troll. Truth is stranger than fiction, y'all. The dog's name was Splash. That was the dog's name, Splash. Um, Number 11, by the way, the Chappaquiddick movie, if you didn't see it when no, it was out great. last year, it's great. There's there's two movies when I put out my top 10 list last week for 2018, two movies that were really tough for me to leave off. The last Mission Impossible movie is one of the greatest action uh, series of action sequences you'll ever see on a big screen. And then the Chappaquiddick movie is masterfully done. Yeah. Number 11, in front of the monument at Stone Mountain, Georgia. What do you think? That one's not instantly grabbing me like some of the yeah, other ones. Yeah, I'm with ones. you on that. I'm yeah. with you. Okay. Number, you, you agree, Aaron? I agree. Okay. Number 11, or no, I'm sorry, number 12, uh, outside the Louis Ferrer, I think it's Ferrer or Ferrar Performing Arts Center in San Juan, Puerto Rico, now through January 27th. <laughs> yep. I'm sure they'd welcome him with open arms in that, Puerto Rico. That's yes. not the actual location, but you know, it's where Hamilton is right now. So. Is it really? That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Number 13, the auditorium at Emanuel Christian School, Springfield, Virginia. That's where Kate Pence yep. is going to work, right? Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. That would be well played. Oh, you'll like this one. At number 14, the failing New York Times. Yes. In front of their yes. building. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Number 15, along the same lines, in front of CNN's headquarters in Atlanta. Sure. Yeah. At oh. all. Todd, Todd, you're gonna you're gonna pee yourself when I give you this one, okay? Number sixteen, Trump should give the State of the Union at any GameStop as long as he knocks over the podium when leaving, <laughs> like the uh, like the injured, like the angry dude. Yep, I would do it again. It's who would totally do it again? Justified. Totally justified. Yes. Number seventeen, the Trump International Hotel in Washington D.C. as he's doing a walkthrough. Yep. And over here, uh, this is what I call the great economy room. <laughs> yes. And uh, over here, uh, we've got uh, the... This is uh, where I send my tweets at 4 a.m. Yeah, yep. Over here, we've got the booming economy room. Yep. Stormy Daniels stays, used to stay here, <laughs> not anymore. This is where Melania makes the salads. Oh, <laughs> come on now. Come on. That's appalling. And over here in the corner uh, room, some people think that's a closet. My Democrat friends say that this is where Lindsey Graham is staying most weekends, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you come on. <laughs> oh, yes. Number 18. 
I'm sorry, is this on? Is this on? My bad. Did that get on the air? I'm sorry. Uh, number 18, where the embassy of Russia in Washington, D.C. can be seen in the background. <laughs> We've lost Todd. He's done. He's tapping out. <laughs> Sleepovers with Lizzie Graham. The next, the, the next time you hear Todd typing on his laptop, just know that's his two weeks' notice, probably. Okay? Um, NBC in Russia, the, the Russian embassy in the background? What yep. do you think? Yes, yes. no? <laughs> Anything involving Russia. Yes. Number 19, a Knights of Columbus pancake breakfast. Yes. That's good. Yes. That's really good. Yep. Number 20, a 4 a.m. tweet storm from the gold toilet. That's the State of the Union. <laughs> I want it. And he just keeps tweeting over again. And another thing. <laughs> Witch there hunt. it is. Witch hunt. Look what you did, Nancy. Look what you <laughs> yeah. did. <laughs> Number 21 in front of Elizabeth Warren's house behind a podium carved like a totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Yes>. my. <laughs> oh, my. And it's here that he announces a nationwide initiative to bring now legalized sports betting to every Indian reservation casino in America. Economic growth, of course. Uh, number 22, Liberty University. Yes. No. No, no that's, not, that's not inspired. No? Okay. No, that's self-parody. Number 23, First Baptist Church in Dallas. That's Robert Jeffers Church. No. Oh, now the worm is turning. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Number 24, at ICE headquarters. That's yes. a great suggestion. Yeah. That's a great... Well, that's By the, the way, I kept my word. I did run it up the flagpole mm. to a couple of my friends in the White House, or one of my friends in the White House yesterday, and I got a... On the, on the talking point from our listener, Dan, if Democrats care so much about federal workers, why do they want to abolish ICE? That's over 20,000 jobs, right? I got a thumbs up. He said, yeah, we may, we're going to run that talking point up the flagpole. We like that one on nice. first glance. So I, nice. I kept my word on that yesterday. All right. So, Dan, if, if you see at some point the President of the United States drop that bomb, you Ew. can tell all your buddies at the sports bar you thought of that one. All right. There you go. Uh, and number 25, number 25, the final one, Mount Rushmore, where Trump will have his face digitally imposed on the mountain. I'll take it. Yes. The ice one is really good. I mean, a lot of those are really good, but the ice one does, I think, accomplishes a lot of different, a lot of different things. Oh, it's, and it's so obvious. It really is. It, it would be masterful to t- sit there and talk about the importance of federal jobs and then to talk about the 20, what did I say? 20 plus thousand? Isn't that what I said? Mm-hmm. Uh, of employees yep. who are standing on the wall. Uh, making sure that we don't have any more stories like the angel moms. Oh, I am. I mean, game over. I just hope that they realize the opportunity that they have as little time as they actually have to prepare, which it's not really that little of time. They've got um, almost two weeks, 12 days now. I mean, for the White House, that shouldn't be too much time uh, or too little time to prepare something masterful like this, but he has got... uh, he has got to seize the moment, seize the day, and deliver a masterstroke here. One of our new causes we're supporting here on the Steve Day Show uh, comes from uh, Victoria Hearst. And her family started the Hearst Corporation. They're the publisher of Cosmopolitan Magazine, otherwise known to the cool kids as Cosmo. Uh, and she's starting a campaign trying to raise awareness, trying to get the public to help her 
um, convict uh, and compel her family's company to take Cosmopolitan magazine, which in recent years has essentially uh, become a, a porn peddler. And they're marketing it towards young girls, many of our daughters, daughters, Todd's and I's age uh, is a couple of examples. And she doesn't want to censor the magazine or anything of that nature. She's asking them to take a reasonable step, which is uh, to have the magazine marketed for those over the age of 18 only. If they're going to put adult material in there, then have it marketed only for adults, similar to what you see to a Playboy or magazines that are now, uh, you know, including very similar content. If you want to help uh, Victoria Hurst and this cause, visit her website, Cosmo Hurts Kids, CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's H-U-R-T-S, CosmoHurtsKids.com. Again, this isn't about free speech. She doesn't want it censored. What she wants it is to be handled maturely because it has mature content. If you agree, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. Hour two coming up here, live and on demand on The Blaze, The Truth Bomb, Theology Thursday, much more to come. Stay tuned. We're back with hour two of the Steve Dace Show here on The Blaze Radio and TV and podcast as well. Steve Dace here along with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Today's Truth Bomb coming up here a little bit later on as well as we continue with Theology Thursday. But it is cold and flu season a lot of you are seeing those ENTs the ear note and th- uh, ear ear note ear nose and throat specialist someone needs to do head shoulders knees and toes with me now like I used to do with our little ones the ears nose and throat specialist you know sometimes though those uh, symptoms you think that are causing the earache actually are really not a virus or a bacteria as much as it's earwax And a lot of us don't get our ears professionally cleaned. It's a pain. It's expensive. Uh, Or we think those cotton swabs that they're telling you now can crack your eardrum if you use them. We think that'll do the job, and it doesn't. That's why you want to check out WaxRx. They use physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes that earwax buildup that soothes the ear with a pH-conditioned formula. Because, you know, those things can cause uh, wax buildup and those sorts of things can cause ear infections as well. And now you can get WaxRx. X without a prescription. No more expensive trips to the doctor you don't have time for anyway. Uh, and no more time with solutions like the aforementioned cotton swabs that really don't solve the basic problem either. Try the WaxRx system risk-free today. Just go to usewaxrx.com. That's usewax, usewax, that's the name, usewaxrx.com. And then while you're there, use the offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. That's usewaxrx.com. That's the website. And then use the promo code radio at checkout for free shipping. All right, let's get to today's truth bomb, my contrived attempt. To continue to promote my brand new book just released this week, dropped on Tuesday, Truth Bombs Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. I want to thank my Blaze peer, 
Glenn Beck, for having me on his show uh, this morning to talk about it. We're going to be on Mark Levin, The Great Ones Show, Friday night talking about the new book as well. So thank you to both of you. You can get your copy right now, if you'd like, at Amazon.com. Those of you that have already bought one or you got the audio version a little early, if you could leave us a five-star review there on Amazon, the more of those we get, the more people are more likely to check out the book as well. You know, one of the questions Glenn asked me today when I was on with him is if I, how how many people, because he's had a chance to read through it, uh, how many people did I think we're really ready for a book like this. And, and one of the things I mentioned to him was, I, I think it's a lot more than maybe even six months ago. I think w- where we saw Trump decide he wasn't going to cave on the shutdown. And when all the Republicans in, in, in leadership besides him wanted to, I think, I think that opened whatever eyes were, were still refusing to confront and acknowledge the state we're currently in. I think that's opened a good portion of those that were were still willfully blind. One of the things that we've been trying to to do, and and I first started doing this privately because we have some of the same political friends and some of his people listen to and and read some of the stuff that uh, we write about or or talk about here on our show. So I tried doing this with Ben Sass first privately. Um, And then when that didn't work, we started talking more and more often about it publicly. And, and one of the things we've talked about, Ben Sass's problem with the conservative base, it's, it's not that he criticizes Trump. That's not the issue, okay? It makes the real issue worse. It's that he criticizes Trump without going to war with the other side all that often, without picking fights his base really cares about him. And he always votes the, the right way. I mean, his liberty score, I think Mike Lee is the only senator right now that has a higher liberty score at Conservative Review than Sass. I think his score is higher than Ted Cruz's now. So, I mean, in the end, he pretty much sides with the side, most of you, whether you, especially those of you that like Trump, he tends to side with the side you want him on a lot more than, frankly, people like, um, oh, who's the guy in Congress? Uh, uh, Devin Nunez. All right. So Devin Nunez has like a 35% liberty score. But the average conservative on the street thinks he's like some, you know, right wing warrior, right? Why? Because you see him on TV sticking up for the president all the time against the Mueller probe and Spygate and things of that nature. But if you looked at their voting records, and, and, and it was the old, you know, remember the Pepsi challenge when we were kids, Todd, to the blind taste test on the sure. street? Remember that? If we just did the old Pepsi challenge, which Liberty score would you want, Devin Nunez or Ben Sasses? And we didn't tell people who it was, what Liberty score would Sass. everybody take. They'd all take Sasses. But the public perception, which he has largely helped to drive to his own demise. I'm not saying some of this isn't driven by pro-Trump media, because it is. But that, that only emboldens the point I'm trying to make all the more because you have an environment where there's so much pro-Trump media. You've got to be seen actually fighting for the stuff Trump's base cares about and not just criticizing the parts about Trump's boorish behavior you don't like. Because if you do, the message you're going to, if you don't do that, the message you're going to convey is you're just not a conservative. When in reality, he is three times the conservative Devin Nunez is. And so... Every now and then, people do the stuff we're urging them to do, and I think we need to, we need to point that out rather than just single them out when they don't. And yesterday, finally, Ben Sass did the sort of thing we have urged him for months on this program to do. 
I rise today to offer a very basic resolution. I want senators to unanimously reaffirm our oath of office to a constitution that rejects religious bigotry. I want to tell you a story. Brian Bisher from my state was recently nominated by the president to be a federal judge for the District of Nebraska. This is an honor for him and for his family. It's a celebration of his brain and his work ethic and his integrity. Oh, by the way, Brian is also Catholic, and he's an active member of the Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus, for those of you who don't know, is the largest Catholic fraternal service organization in the world. The Knights, there are 1.6 million members of the organization, raise millions of dollars for charity every year, and they contribute millions of hours of volunteer service. Like a lot of guys back in Nebraska, Brian joined the Knights of Columbus to give back and also to be involved in a whole bunch of fish fries. This is not the stuff of headlines, but it is the stuff of basic neighborliness. Well, this is where our story gets weird. Because at Brian's confirmation hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee a few weeks ago, one of my colleagues on the Judiciary Committee called the Knights of Columbus an extremist organization. Huh? Uh, it got worse. Brian then got a letter from a member of this body asking him if he would resign his membership in the Knights of Columbus if he were confirmed to the federal bench to, quote, avoid the appearance of bias. This is nuts. Uh, we're talking about the largest Catholic fraternal organization in the world being called an extremist organization and a nominee for the federal bench being asked if he would resign from this organization so that he could serve without the appearance of bias. The clear implication here was that Brian's religious beliefs and his religious affiliations, in this case, an affiliation with a Catholic organization that invests countless hours and millions of dollars annually serving special needs kids, Brian was supposedly, therefore, potentially unfit for federal service. This is the same kind of garbage that was thrown at a member of this body, John F. Kennedy, 60 years ago when he was campaigning for the presidency. And so today, I've introduced a resolution, a 101-level basic resolution, that simply reaffirms the belief of this body in American religious liberty. The resolution simply says that it is the sense of the Senate that disqualifying a nominee for the federal bench or for any federal office on the basis of his or her Catholic beliefs or membership in the Knights of Columbus violates the no religious test clause of the Constitution. There needs to be more of that. See, that's not a speech Devin Nunez will ever give. The, a 30% liberty score guy has never given that speech. Peter King is another guy, a congressman, that a lot of people think is a conservative because he sticks up for Trump on television. He was one of the Republicans who just voted with Democrats to try and cave on Trump's shutdown. And so... A lot of what Ben Sass says about what's wrong with conservative media is true. We have talked about it on this show countless times and never shy away from it. But what he has often chosen as a remedy has, has made the problem, has exacerbated the problem he's complaining about. The remedy to what concerns Ben Sass and what concerns Ben Sass, it's what concerned people like me and Glenn and Ben Shapiro and Eric Erickson, people who are pretty solidly known and identified and proven as conservatives across the spectrum. And yet 
all of us to varying degrees were very hesitant to support President Trump when he got the nomination. We were concerned he'd be a corrupting influence on our movement. We were concerned that the lack of character and commitment he has shown in his personal life and to anything we care about would likely carry over to the presidency, meaning what we would get in return for the gamble of, of, of staking our political capital on him wouldn't be worth it, and we would make a 20-year mistake. We'd lose our credibility with the American people. We did all these shows, right? Okay. Yes. That's Ben's concern. Ben is not a neocon. He's not... Uh, a rhino you don't bill crystal is never going to get a 93 percent liberty score guys it's never going to happen okay i think that's where sass is at right now right now ben sass is to the right of ted cruz guys right now you're not exaggerating no i'm not literally it's the record and i love ted to death he's my bud man but the the numbers are the numbers i'm not i don't you know i'm not gonna it's the year of no bs Ben Sass is to the right of Ted Cruz right now by our own Liberty score. But because he has not been willing to do more of what you see in that clip, he has helped feed the perception that he's a cuck, that he's a rhino, that he's weak, that he's not really a conservative, that he doesn't care if the Democrats win, that he's John Kas- Nebraska's John Kasich. He has fed this narrative. So he is not a victim He did this to himself because there hasn't been more of what you see in that clip. See, the undiscovered country, Mr. Shakespeare, here, is what Ben does in this clip. The idea that I can credit the president when he's right, criticize the president when he's wrong, and that I will actually, as a conservative— Fight for the values that I originally came here to fight for before anybody took Donald Trump seriously or he was ever elected president of the United States, which means I'm going to have to pretty much fight the Democrats on a daily basis. See, that's the part of the equation that we've largely seen missing from Mr. Sass. And that's why he's fed this perception that he is um, Jeff Flake. And he's way to the right of Jeff Flake. And right now he's to the right of Ted Cruz. So that there needs to be more of that. If you know Ben Sass or you work for Ben Sass, helmet stickers and tell him, you don't need to tone down your criticism of the president. Because most, most of the time when I, when I see Ben, I, I have yet to see a criticism of Trump from Ben that I don't agree with on some level. Because it's almost always from the right like his, he doesn't agree with Trump's stance on tariffs, for example. And next to Iowa, what's the next biggest ag state in the country? The one he represents, Nebby. Nebraska. They're getting crushed by the tariffs just like the state of Iowa is. Or it's because he doesn't appreciate the, the president's uh, moral character in situations. Those would be situations and circumstances we would agree with as well. That's not Ben's problem. Ben's problem is not that he's critical of the president when the president deserves to be criticized. It's that he doesn't fight more often, therefore, for the conservative values that his base cares the most about. He votes the right way, but he's almost never a voice. That's the problem. And Todd, there needs to be a lot more of that. There does. And I like the speech. 
I also liked the speech a couple months ago uh, during well, it, during the Kavanaugh hearings when he talked about the purpose of the judiciary and how that's been blown out of proportion. But even in this speech, I fear the pulling of punches. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't name them. He he allows them that out. This is this is we go to uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the two towers in Aragorn. Uh, Offer them no mercy, for none will be shown to you. Steve, you're talking about picking a fight. Now, st- you're right. Now, let me just interject. I, Senate rules may not permit okay, you to single. Um, and I don't know, but that's, that's a possibility that you can't single someone think, out like that. Yeah, Ted Cruz tried to do that a few years ago before the, the primary, and that was uh, violating okay. Senate norms. That's possible. Now, I don't know. But, yeah. but we, what, what next? What now? You can, you, can, you can name names in any number of ways if it's not on the floor in other ways. But th- they're going to keep coming. While the, the speech is great, I don't argue with a thing, single thing. Steve said, "What now? There needs to be a what next. You, this, you, you need to show the people that it's more than a resolution that they can't touch and feel. Because right now, uh, Karen Pence is being hazed for wanting to go teach art to kids at a Christian school. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's time to man a post." So, Aaron Sass is a is a beloved figure amongst millennial conservatives. Sure. You're yeah. a peer group. Your thoughts on this conversation we're having in this video we just played of, uh, of the senator? Yeah, and I because his tweet game is strong. Let's no BS. That's that's why a lot of millennials uh, like him outside of you know uh, some of the things that you've brought up about him um, and his kind of his miscues as far as um, you know criticizing the president. I, I appreciate what he did here, and I've been pretty cr- critical of Ben Sass. Um, recently as well. And so, yeah, I appreciate this. I think the the underlying message here is, yes, I, I kind of am starting to get Ben Sass's motivation of wanting to police um, our own side before we go and take on the left. And that's actually a good thing. However, that is a minefield because fake conservatives, ones, as you've pointed out, the ones that don't have the liberty score that he does, they have that market cornered, mm-hmm. or at least that's the perception anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's filled with minefields. So at least for now, while Donald Trump is president, don't even go there, I would say. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Don't even go there. Don't ever go there because it is a minefield and you risk yourself becoming uh, or at least being painted as, and perception is poli- or politics is perception, always. You're always going to be painted as Jeff Flake from Nebraska or John Kasich, as you mentioned. Uh, you're always going to be painted as that leftist Republican Trump hater. So don't even try right now to police your own side. If you're looking at this strictly as a political maneuver, strictly as maybe I'm trying to run for higher office or something like that, don't even try to go there right now. As much as I think his motivations are pure, take the fight to the left all the time. Call them on their uh, bull all of the time like you did here and just keep that up. Take the fight where you ultimately want it to go right now because your own side at this point, at this point, is not ready for your own policing at this point. Theology Thursday coming up here in just a moment. Uh, if you are thinking, though, of buying or selling a home this year, realestateagentsitrust.com is a company. Uh, our partner here at The Blaze, Glenn Beck, started a few years ago. Because when you look at a lot of real estate agent referrals, it's, it's basically an opportunity for real estate agents to find clients like us. In this case, this is an effort to screen real estate agents for clients like you. Uh, this, in, this is here to empower the customer. Uh, 
uh, more so uh, than the industry. And, and Glenn started this because he was frustrated in, in his own life uh, by real estate agents who talked a good game but never quite got the job done. It takes a ton of expertise to be a great realtor these days. Process is uh, getting increasingly difficult to navigate. Uh, so it gets harder, therefore, to also find a good realtor as well. Glenn and his team have uh, built a team that helps home sellers and buyers do things differently and will help you sell or buy a home much more effectively. Glenn's team, we they hold their agents together, or I'm sorry, accountable together, and they follow each home seller or buyer from initial interest all the way until you finish buying or selling that home. Real estate agents I trust is the best way to buy or sell a home that you're going to find. Buy or sell for fast and for the right price with the team at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Theology Thursday continues here on The Blaze, live and on demand. And last fall, we started something we have never done on the show before. Even though Theology Thursday is a segment that used to be Worldview Wednesday, we've done something like this for years, but we've never done a, a real-time Bible study. And I had been thinking for months about doing it, but I, I wanted to make sure it was something that was relevant to the broad section, uh, cross-section of an audience that we have. Uh, I've, I have nothing against theological nitpicking at all. I kind of love it, actually. But it's, not, it's also not the primary role of this kind of a show. Okay, so what is something that is rooted in orthodoxy, but the application of it would be broad enough to reach a lot of different people who may be at different places spiritually on the spectrum of our audience? And I was sitting in church one day, and this verse came to mind, and it came from the book of Colossians, Paul, uh, the, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Colossae uh, in the New Testament, and it's the verse we're, is, is we're continuing now to get kind of caught up over the long Christmas break. And it, it, it's a verse I want to highlight again in, uh, in sort of the remedial uh, class on Colossians before we, chart, we forge forward into chapter three of this book. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. This is Colossians chapter two, beginning in verse eight. Paul's writing here. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. What makes them a philosophy of empty deceit? That it's according, Paul writes in the next few words, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, why would we want things to be done and taught according to Christ and not to human tradition? Well, Paul answers that in verse 9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. All rule and authority. In other words, Jesus Christ is God. So it's not some, some rule and authority. No, all, all. And so since he's God and you're not, follow his words and his wisdom and not the words and the wisdom of this world. One of the areas where this is becoming a problem, <clears throat> it, is, it is holistically and systemically a problem in our culture today. One of the areas where it's becoming a problem in our own ranks, I want to address. Because it's easy to spot when CNN's pagan White House reporter says she can't even 
Mike Pence's wife was working at a Christian university. There's a reason Jesus never warns us about wolves. We see the fangs, we see the claws, we see the foaming at the mouth. Okay, we recognize um, fight or flight instinct will kick in. We see that, all right? It's, it's the stuff that penetrates the external veneer that we all of basic protection and instinct we all have and therefore becomes far more dangerous. One of the things that's happening is we're not giving ourselves, I believe, permission to disagree. Now, let me say right now, I don't mean this in some touchy-feely way. I don't mean this as in, you know, well, you got your truth and I got mine. That's, that's not what I mean. All right, that's, that's, not, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that we saw this come up recently when um, the Washington Post talked about comments that Russ Vogt, who's now the, who at the time was, was being nominated for deputy director of management and budget, now he runs the bud. Now he runs the budget department because his old boss got promoted to White House Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney. Okay, and so the Washington Post's um, one of their uh, what's his name he used to actually work at the National Review. Robert Costa is their is their White House reporter. He used to work at National Review, guys. That's yep. supposedly conservative. Robert Costa left National Review to go work at the Washington Post, and he talked about his was a biased and problematic comments or some kind of language like that that yep. Russ vote had made in the past about Muslims. Those comments were that um, Muslims don't worship the one true God. They don't know Jesus Christ as their savior. And therefore they have, because they, they, because they are outside the protection of the only atonement for sin God recognizes. They are condemned by their, by their belief in a false religion. What Russ vote when he, and he, and this is, you know, he was Wheaton college. That's right. That's where he was on the faculty, Aaron. That is correct. Which is one of the more respected you know, Bible colleges it used to be. I, I have no idea what state it's in right now, but for many years, it was one of the most respected Bible colleges in the country. And Russ vote was on its um, faculty. What Russ vote was teaching has been basic Christian belief right out of the New Testament since about 600 years before there was ever a Muslim on earth. I mean, the events of the New Testament take place 600 years before Muhammad allegedly encountered the angel uh, uh, Gabriel in a cave to get the the revelation from Allah of the Quran. By the way, if if you call yourself a Muslim, you believe the same thing as Russ Vogt. You just flip the script. You believe that since Russ Vogt serves a, a false polytheistic God who has no son and is a standalone God, Allah is a standalone God, you believe that Russ Vogt has put his faith in a false prophet. Therefore, his sins are not atoned for and can only be atoned for by performing the five pillars of Islam to please Allah like the Hajj to Mecca, alms to the poor, uh, reciting the sacred oath, for lack of a better description, there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger, things of that nature. Those are parts of the five pillars of Islam. You believe the same thing about Russ Vogt. You believe he's condemned. And all Christians like him that believe the same thing are condemned at the same time. Robert Costa conveniently left that out of his reporting. 
Probably, though, because he has no idea what he's talking about. Because one of the reasons you would leave the National Review to go work at the Washington Post and feel friendly there is because you yourself have been taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world, not according to this world's one true God. That would be one of the reasons why you'd make mistakes like this. You are one of the very people Paul is writing about here 2,000 years ago. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that might be wrong, but it also is something that has been taught as Orthodox Christian belief by Christ himself, all of his apostles, Coptic Christians whose native uh, land would be Egypt, Assyrian Christians whose native land would be Iraq. What's there a lot of in places like Egypt and Iraq? They have a lot of what there? Muslims. Muslims. And they have been teaching this doctrine for 600 years before Muhammad uh, crawled out of that cave. For 2,000 years before Robert Costa decided he was more at home at the Washington Post than at National Review. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to air those disagreements in public. And it's okay to be passionate about those disagreements because that's actually one of the best ways to express truth or to come to it. The way that the Robert Costas of the world want us to come to the truth will get to no truth at all. I am not offended at all. If you're a Muslim and you believe I'm a, I follow a false polytheistic God who doesn't, who, who, claim, who doesn't have a son and I'm condemned, I have no problem with that. I respect your beliefs and I would eagerly, eagerly accept your invitation to join you in the intellectual arena to hash this one out. You bring your best and I'll bring mine. And may, may the most best truth win. So I think it's really important we understand a few ground rules here about agreeing and disagreeing. And at and, and this point, I'm concerned, um, is, is coming up in our own ranks. I saw this recently with a Babylon Bee headline and one prominent conservative commentator's reaction to it over Christmas break. I want us to address that as well. Because if we can't get this right on our side, we have no chance to beat them on their side either. Home title lock is the best way to protect your home's title. Pennies a day. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title so it cannot be stolen by thieves. Protect the biggest and best investment, most valuable investment most Americans will ever make through home title lock. Visit hometitlelock.com right now. Hometitlelock.com right now. More in a moment. We'll get back to Theology Thursday here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on The Blaze in just a moment. So I, I'm not into giving my kids, giving into them, giving them a win on anything. And I never have. I mean, ever. Anytime they've beaten the old man, they have, as John Houseman used to say, they earned it. All right? Because I wanted the, the, I'm, I'm trying to teach them that victory doesn't come easy in life, you know? And so beating the old man, uh, 
you know, is it, hopefully you see that as an accomplishment. And, and then when they've done it, they'll always ask, first question, when you think the first question they always ask me is, did you let me win? Nope. No. You guys are around me long enough to know how competitive I am. Am I willing to let anybody win on just about anything? Nah. Nah. That's just kind of not in my DNA. Now, what I will do, though, I will admit to this. I won't let them win. But I, I may agree to compete with them or let them compete with me at things they have a better chance of being competitive with me on. Okay? You know, like, for example, we do what we call homeschool PE. And, you know, Noah comes works out with me for a few days a week. Zoe does it for a couple days a week. Anna did it when she was younger before she uh, started working outside the home. And, and now she's almost done with school and stuff of that nature. So, you know, for Noah, particularly because, you know, boys were always comparing men are of all ages. We're always comparing ourselves to other guys all the time. It's just kind of how we roll, you know. And, you know, he's you know, he, he comes with me on on chest and upper body day. And I'm, you know, on the bench press and he's 11, man. And he's still trying to do push-ups on his toes and stuff, you know, and I can kind of see he kind of gets discouraged, you know, and I, cause I want to, I want to challenge him, but I want to crush him at the same time. So the, so a, a few days ago, I'm online, I'm looking for workouts that I, that I think he could beat me at, that it wouldn't be obvious that I'm setting him up to be successful. So I, uh, I found this uh, jump squat or they, sometimes they're called air squat. I found this jump squat workout high cardio volume workout. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to beat. He's a little pogo stick. He's going to crush me at this, right? Well, here's what happened, man. Went out there. Uh, the Blaze told me we're going to start talking more and more about uh, Brickhouse Nutrition's uh, natural energy supplement. Doesn't have like all, all the chemicals of the seven hour or whatever that thing, the, the commercials you see all the time and you turn it over and there's 97 ingredients and you can't pronounce 96 of them, right? The, this is the, you know, the same people that do the veggie drinks that we talked about, you know, with uh, Field of Greens, that this is an all natural energy uh, supplement uh, designed specifically by physicians at Brickhouse Nutrition. So I, I, I got to try it before we go out there. I take it for a couple days, including the morning that we're going to do the jump squat workout. And I hate to tell you, man, Noah couldn't keep up with the old man. He had to tap out. All right. Now I, I know this, I don't know how much of it is from dawn till dusk, the energy supplement. I do know this though. When we were done as it was going, I had a ton more energy. I had a ton of energy the rest of the day. Normally when I do a leg heavy exercise day, what do you guys hear me do when I come in middle of the day? I can't move. Did you, you guys didn't even hear me complain that day, did you? So I would urge you to give this a shot, all right? Again, this is a clean, all-natural energy supplement. It's called From Dawn to Dusk, only from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, give it a try. BrickhouseSteve.com is the website. You can humiliate your children, too. So the last time we promoted Brickhouse Nutrition, it was to make your children healthier. This time, it is to humiliate them further. <laughs> Right. Brickhouse Brick Nutrition giveth and Brickhouse Nutrition taketh away. That's how it works. All right. Aaron, are you proud of Steve's humble brag right there? Did, I, did, did, did it go? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Maybe you should start doing the high target pro commercials. <laughs> All right. BrickhouseSteve.com. Get to your bottle of this groundbreaking formula. And if you use the promo code Steve, you'll get 15% off of your first order at BrickhouseSteve.com. All right, I want to return to Theology Thursday to wrap it up here uh, on today's show. And um, 
I want to make one final point on the verse that sparked us to do the book of Colossians before next week. Now we're going to forge ahead and and go to chapter three and, and finish the book from here. All right. Because I think this is in for an audience like ours and the culture we're in today, this is one of the most important things the scriptures say to a 21st century American audience right now. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world, and not according to Christ. Who, as Paul goes on to say, we want to do things according to the will of Christ because he is God incarnate. He's God in the flesh. He is the word of God made flesh. And one of the things I'm concerned about is if we don't leave room for earnest disagreement, we are going to snuff the truth out. Now, the left is doing this with political correctness. They created political correctness so that they wouldn't have to debate people like us. They could just immediately say racist, misogynistic, homophobic, bigot, xenophobe, sexist, uh, heteronormative, patriarchal, uh, moron. I don't have to talk to you. And because you're those things, I've identified you as such. I no longer have to engage you in the arena of ideas. I don't want us to do the same thing, and I'm concerned that— this is now beginning to um, uh, this is now beginning to germinate here. We, it, it's moving it's moving from the left America to the what's left of America. And two examples. One of them we talked about earlier this week. There is reason and legitimate disagreement with some of what Tucker Carlson said in that monologue. And I, I, I you know I looked at what some of Ben Shapiro wrote uh, to kind of critique some of it, and I thought would be an example of what I mean. Much of it, though, was immediately, ah, oh, he said capitalism doesn't save us. So uh, 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 Tucker Carlson uh, corrupted by Trump populism and uh, Rhino now, right? That was most of the criticism, though, right? And yes. a misogynist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So for every legitimate attempt to uh, take issue with some of the merits of what Tucker was saying by a guy like Shapiro, there were 20 other things I saw that were of this bent. You violated my tribal orthodoxy's talking points. Is really what they're saying. That's why when you guys email me, hey, are you a Calvinist? Uh, what, are you are you a premillennial dispensationalist? I never ever answer these questions, ever. Now, if you ask me what my positions on what those things teach, I will always answer those questions. But if you come at me with a label. Are you a blood or crypt? Yeah, I'm out. That's exactly right. Colors. Colors. That's right. Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. And we're starting to see this more on the right. I saw this recently over Christmas break to how a Catholic conservative responded to a pretty provocative piece of satire from the Babylon Bee that we even, when we saw it privately, thought, that one, at least I did. I kind of thought... Uh, there's biting satire, and then there is we just bit your whole head off and uh, uh, spit it out for you. You know, I, I kind of thought that one may have even crossed over the line. But this particular Catholic conservative's reaction to it, and whatever that piece of particular satire may have done that go too far, his reaction to it, and the reaction I saw of many others, is even worse. The worst thing we can do right now one of the worst things we can do right now on the right is stifle debate. So I'm going to 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 explain this in a way that removes that particular circumstance and puts it in another one to make my point. And we're going to do it right here in our own house. Todd, you are a Catholic. Correct. 
you believe sola scriptura is not you wouldn't call it a heresy probably but you would call it uh incomplete or wrong as a teaching correct 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 you think that for me as a protestant to to primarily rely on the scriptures alone to interpret themselves is is a short-sighted application interpretation of what of the scriptures themselves you would agree with that correct Yes, you use the incomplete so far is the best word to describe. Yes. So in a way, you believe I'm in error. I do. Okay. And if you didn't believe I'm in error, what would you be? I'd be going to your church on Sundays. You'd you'd be a Protestant, right? Correct. Okay. Um, I don't believe Rome is the center of ecclesiastical authority in the church. I believe the scriptures are. And I believe any ecclesiastical authority that lines up with the scriptures is an authority that is rightly dividing the word of God and and believers should submit to. And any authority that does not do that isn't, no matter how long it's been in a location or no matter how long it's made this claim, it has by its own actions, you know, a tree by its fruit, it has forfeited that that place of, of prominence. If I didn't believe that, what would I be? Something closer to Catholic? Yes, I would. Okay. Have I ever pressured you or told you that you can't have these differing views? And if and that and that if you if you don't believe in sola scriptura, you're an anti-Protestant bigot. Have I ever told you that? Quite the opposite. One of the primary reasons you explicitly said you offered me this not the job, but the opportunity to be on air because is because I'm Catholic. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of a vast majority of our audience is Catholic, and I want to I want to message. I mean, our job really on my LinkedIn page job broadcaster. Well, if I've got a whole whole sections of the audience that I don't share a life experience or a church experience with, it would kind of behoove me to surround myself with some people who could help me reach a broader audience than I'm typically surrounded by, right? Right. Right. Not to mention, I think these are very worthwhile debates and conversations. If they weren't, I don't know why we've been having them for the last 501 years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you guys get where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. There's a large segment of our audience that would identify as LDS. If you are LDS, you don't believe Rome is the ecclesiastical authority of the church either. Because right away, you'd stop you would stop looking to Salt Lake City um, for that that information, and you'd start looking to Rome. Likewise, you don't believe Salt Lake City is the seat of ecclesiastical authority in the church. You think Rome is. See, we can play this game all day long, is my point. And then if you're like my buddy Daniel Horowitz and you're a non-Messianic Jew, because I hear from all kinds of our Jewish uh, audience all the time as well, you think we all crazy and wrong. Now, I don't want us, I don't want us to to diminish those disagreements or arguments at all, because in many respects, they're the most important arguments of them all. Because we're all going to be dead a lot longer than we were ever alive. The arguments we're having here right now really is, who is God? That's really the argument. Predates just as, just as Russ Vogt's views on, on Christianity's orthodoxy predate Islam by 600 years. Well, the debate on this planet over who is God and what does he, she, or it demand of us predates the United States of America by about 6,000 years, all right? It was here before we got here, and it's going to be here long after we're all gone. 
And then the, the repercussions of the conclusions each of us as individuals have come to as a result of that debate will be with each and every one of us through all of eternity. Some of us are going to end up being wrong here. Some of us are going to end up being right. Some of us may pay an eternal, an eternal penalty for being wrong about this argument. I don't want to lose sight of that at all. I don't want to diminish that at all. I just think that um, we do diminish it if we don't give ourselves permission to disagree. One of the headlines we ran with The Blaze recently, I saw on Twitter just earlier this week, had Glenn and I think Stephen Crowder, and I think it was, didn't say it's okay to disagree. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to disagree. Doesn't mean you're a hater? No, it doesn't mean I'm a hater. It doesn't mean I have to mute you on Twitter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. If you don't, if you don't believe, Todd doesn't believe in sola scriptura, it doesn't mean he's an anti-Protestant bigot. It just means he thinks Protestants are wrong. I don't believe Rome is the ecclesiastical transcendent authority of the church. I'm not an anti-Catholic bigot. I just don't agree with Catholicism on that era. You've seen us side by side many times in the last couple of years and Steve uh, take on our uh, current Pope with uh, some degree of vigor. I think you should learn two things from that by now. Uh, A, he has no explicit uh, hatred of me and or Catholicism, that, that, that his arguments are always in context. And B, he has given me reign, whether on the Pope or Catholicism or politics, and he gives the same thing to Aaron, to push back in any way I see fit. He's telling you we do on this show on a daily basis what he says we need more of out there. Yes. And if you look at the criticisms I've had of the Pope, they've actually been because in he's it, it's the criticism has been for not fulfilling his, the calling that the Catholic Church says that he has. I've not gone after this Pope on the areas where we theologically disagree. I'm fine doing that. This just kind of isn't a show for it. That's more of a direct ministry, mm-hmm. apologetics kind of a program. That's not what we do here. All right. What I've gone after the Pope for in, on this show is when he has violated the orthodoxy that we do agree on. That's the issue. See, that's where you get to e pluribus unum. All right. That's, that's, that's the worst thing we could do on the right is to say we have no place anymore for us to disagree. And if you disagree with me, it can only be because you're a bigot. It, we cannot inject that into our veins. That is a philosophy of empty deceit, empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to the God any of us claim to follow. This would be a terrible error. If you want to conserve freedom and liberty for the next generation, we've got to model it and emulate it ourselves. Now, I'm not going to compromise what I believe, any of my convictions for any of you all, unless you can convince me I'm wrong. Short of that, I'm not compromising anything to have a job or a check. You guys have been with me for a few years. You've never seen me do that. Never will. I'm not going to do that. But I also don't see a need for us to hide the areas where we agree uh, or, or where we disagree and then highlight the areas where we do agree. Because if we don't preserve freedom and liberty in this culture, the chances that any of us are going to ultimately win the theological arguments we, we, we really care the most about, 
really hard, it, you know, it's really hard to knock on doors when you're trying to fight for survival. All right. You know, Chinese Christians aren't they're not having the, the the sectarian debates that we're having right now. They can't afford it. They're in tunnels. All right. They, 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 they aren't permitted a place of public prominence, not the tunnels. Nancy Pelosi's waxing poetic about real ones. They're not permitted places of, of public prominence to have debates like this. They lived, as our friends at Back to Jerusalem point out, in a closed society. We will have a, we will, we will, we will, we will hammer the last nail into America's coffin, folks. I promise you. If we go down the road of, if you disagree with one of my particular theological or philosophical bents, you're a hater, you're a bigot. One of my traditions, if you disagree that my church, my sectarian interest is the seat of power um, it, it, or my, tr- my way of doing things, my tribe, if we go down that road, stop fighting the Democrats, stop fighting the progressives. In fact, put the shovel down because you're digging your own grave. Uh, we, we, that's exactly what they want. And I fear I'm starting to see more and more of this, more and more of this emerge on the right. That's, uh, that's the worst. You guys have heard me talk about hypocrisy, lack of self-awareness. Those are all terrible things to do to ourselves. They pale in comparison to what going down this road will do. We go down this road then we're playing, we're doing exactly to ourselves what the left has been trying to do to freedom of association and free thought and the pursuit of happiness in this country all this time. This is a terrible idea. Resist the temptation. That doesn't mean, by the way, if you're LDS or if you're Catholic or you're Jewish or if you're a Protestant evangelical, if you really believe those things, because I think some of y'all I just mentioned are wrong. You know, you know, you think I, you know, you, you, do you know how you know I think you're wrong? Because I'd be one of y'all if I thought you were right, all right? So I think some of y'all are wrong. If you ask me why I think you're wrong, I'll tell you. I'll even tell you right here. I won't shy away from any of that. And, and I, I mean, Todd, do you admire Steve on some level, at oh, least? Good grief, yes, because I did. I, call, I cold called him 18 years ago when I heard him for the first time substitute on a talk show. And I said, um, yeah, can we get lunch sometime? Heck yeah. And you just said he's in error, yet those things are simultaneously true. Yes. Indeed. It's not a value judgment about the character of a person or another human being to disagree with them. Yes. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to disagree. Because when we're when we're unafraid to disagree, it makes it so much easier for us to follow up on the things that we do agree on as well. John 3:17. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.